0: Good morning. Good morning, Radio Land, uh, uh, all all of our other outlets of media. We want to thank you for being with us this morning. Uh, This is the National Association of Black Defenders with another interview with Mr. Danny Rodriguez, who's at the uh, Edgefield Federal Prison there in Edgefield, South Carolina. Uh, We're so glad that we're able to talk without any interruption today with Mr. Danny Rodriguez. Uh, this is a full-conference uh, recorded call, and uh, with us today is Mr. Freddie Howard, our public relations director from the National Association of Black Defenders. Uh, this recording will be played live to uh, over hundred of thousands of people um, this coming Juneteenth on Monday. This recording will go live on Monday to Mr. Uh, across the land, and we're ex- excited because we're going to celebrate Juneteenth, celebrate Mr. Danny Rodriguez's freedom. This is how we celebrate freedom by allowing the public to see how our injustice, our system is when it comes to uh, people like uh, persons like Mr. Danny Rodriguez. Uh, we're excited about this interview because we're just one step closer to getting the signatures, all the signatures we need for Mr. Danny Rodriguez's freedom. Right now, uh, Radio Land, uh, uh, Spotify, podcast. We're bringing on right now, Mr. Danny Rodriguez. He's live with us. Mr. Rodriguez, how you doing this morning, sir?
1: Good morning, and thank you. This is Danny Rodriguez.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Freddie, uh, from our last meeting with him, uh, now we, we, we have the time that we need to do a full interview with him without any inter- interruptions. And just uh, take it from our last meeting, uh, Mr. Freddie, and where I prepared myself.
2: Hey, good morning, Mr. Rodriguez. How you doing? Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Okay, look, we want to thank you for joining uh, the NAB Association and we are thankful that we are in a position to rebroadcast and uh, media blast uh, situations that NAB believe necessary that the American people know in regards to criminal justice and criminal justice reform. Uh, I want to first introduce myself. My name is Freddie C. Howard. I'm the radio owner of House Sheep Production Gospel. Most of we do blocks, gospel music, all kinds of music and interviews, and we support the National Association of Black Defenders. I'm part of the board members and I willingly support and put out cases that need to be brought to the American attention. Now, I would like to start out by asking you from your perspective. You talk from uh, what you know and how you know, and you speak from any way that you want to in regards to your predicament of being prison. You can start from your beginning, when you first got charged, all the way up until now. You have the floor. You are free to speak and say whatever you need to say in your defense and for the clemency that is being uh, pushed before the president at this time. You have the floor. Thank you, sir.
1: Thank you, Freddie. Yeah, I, I um, really don't know where to start, but, you know, uh. To get received 30 some years for Mayor Graham's up uh, an over the counter synthetic marijuana is kind of absurd and abusive and and uh, un-American, if you will. Uh, I'm I'm just one of the hundreds of men incarcerated uh, and uh, living this type of injustice and inequality regarding the entire criminal justice system and its sentencing practices. It's their world, And um and this has affected my family. It um, destroyed my marriage uh, my mom has battled cancer. I've had COVID several times and dealing with other uh, health issues. Uh, it just seems, um, their world in a humanitarian crisis to incarcerate people uh, for nonviolent offenses for decades. Um, I mean, this is, I don't think this is seen in third world countries. So, yeah, in my case, um, there were several co-defendants. All the co-defendants received... um, uh, one or two years I received 33 years um, uh, there's really no explanation um, I could say it had to do with bias or racism or, it just it's just unheard of what happened to me and, and then really uh, legal scholars that have reviewed my case um, no one could come to terms with what happened or how it occurred other than um, bias um, or, or racist, racism against um, minority defendants. Um, we have lost appeals. We have appealed the case in the 11th Circuit. We've appealed it to the Supreme Court and um, they denied cert, meaning they didn't even review it. So we're at wits' end. Yeah, we have other motions before the courts today and motions that the court doesn't even respond to. So we don't know, we're at and we're, we're asking the president to review this case and we're asking congressmen and senators abroad uh, in both political aisles to support support this cause and, and um my sentence. I'm not saying on,
3: as a delegation of African
1: leaders. Oh. Hey, hey, uh,
2: hold on, hold on. Hey, 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 Michael, Michael. Yes, sir, Michael. Well, y'all, hey. gonna, y'all gonna have to be, y'all got to be quiet while he's talking, okay? Because I hear all of you all saying, "I need to hear him."
0: Okay. okay.
2: All right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Mr. Rodriguez. And then, all
1: right, thank you, sir. And, and, and no, I you, I I paused because I thought you were asking me something. No. Yeah. So. All right. Thank you. Um, I just, you know, I, I just think that, um, I'm not by any way saying that I didn't make mistakes. mistake. I made mistakes, plenty of mistakes throughout my life and, but none deserving of this punishment. And, um, I've had issues. I lost a brother to, um, uh, par accident, my only brother. And, um, you know we've dealt with a lot and and this is not about uh, uh, sympathy for me and my family, but rather to right the wrong. and the wrong is the sentence. I'm not saying that I shouldn't have been sentenced. I'm just saying that I should I deserve the same sentence everybody else receives. and not only within my codefendence, but abroad. If you look um, throughout this country, um, synthetic marijuana cases, um, defendants generally get probation. So, I mean, there was one guy in, um, Miami named, uh, Romney Nahami, and he had tons of, uh, synthetic marijuana. He was a Jewish guy, and, um, he received, uh, 20, he, he trial, received 20 years but he never served a day in prison because he was pardoned by Trump. I commend Trump for pardoning him, but, um, he only received 20 years for 20 tons of synthetic marijuana. And I got 33 years for grams of synthetic marijuana. So it just, just there's something truly wrong here. And, um, and I just pray that your that, um, organization and, and the public that has supported us at An American Injustice um, uh, hear our clarion call for uh, presidential commutation. And I think that Martin Luther King best said it when he quoted um, famously that that um, an injustice anywhere or I, I forgot exactly how he quoted it but it was the, he it was to the in the context of injustice anywhere is a justice to all and um, he was right because this injustice the buck didn't stop with Danny Rodriguez um, the buck exists and it's prevalent throughout the system, throughout our society, both in prison and outside of prison. So um, I pray that, um, that um, the president finds it within his heart to compute um, to my sentence. I mean, I see a lot of pandering, um, if you will, by the by politicians. They will do this and do that. And once we elect them, they don't do nothing. And um, and that is part and course of this political environment we're in. But they will be quick, quick to um, make trade with Russia to free other people that perhaps are unjustly incarcerated around the world. I just think the president has a bunch of problems in this country and that uh, he should attend to this problem. Um, before uh, trying to save every save the world, I think they, there's enough issues here within our country and, 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 and I think we need to pay attention to us. I'm not in a Russian prison. I'm in his prison, but it's an injustice all the same. And, um, I thank you for this
2: platform. Okay, um, Dr. McCorvey, Okay, uh, okay. Uh, I want to I want to talk to you, um, uh, Mr. Rodriguez. Um, I'm hoping that Dr. McCorvey can still hear us, and he can come in. I can hear you. I'm
0: on the line. Okay. All right. We also have uh, other board members on the line with us as well. From now,
2: okay, you guys are free to t- talk to uh, Mr. Rodriguez at will. Go ahead. You have the floor.
0: Well, I guess I'm gonna go ahead and kick it off. They're just not coming on. Uh, this is Mr. Daniel Rodriguez, who's given a an unfair 33 year sentence for synthetic marijuana, uh, and we're we're on the, the the bandwagon of freedom for Mr. Uh, uh, Daniel Rodriguez. Uh, unfair uh, sentence. Unfair justice unfair all across the board. This Juneteenth, we're going to celebrate freedom for Mr. Danny Rodriguez, uh, freedom for those that are wrongfully uh, convicted, freedom for those that are wrongly sentenced. And that's our plight, that's our ploy for this weekend. Uh, we're on the uh, on the battlefield to fight for, uh, for against injustice and to call down the waters of justice to flow right now. So that's where we are. Uh, if anyone there in uh, our radio land that would like to say something or comment, I'll be more than happy for you two to come on this time. Uh, you just heard the plea from Mr. Danny Rodriguez himself. Uh, any questions that you want to ask him? Uh, feel free at this particular time. Okay.
2: All right. Carl, let's go ahead. This is what it's all about.
0: All right, Mr. I'm going to go and call the names in a minute. We do have Mr. Keith Elliott, one of our board members, on the line with us. He's was busy this morning, but I pulled him off Uh, of what he was doing. I want to say thank you for being aboard with us, Mr. Elliott, one of our board members. Mr. Elliott, are you still there? Hello. I think everybody went mute on me this morning. All righty. I know we have, do we have a-
2: Doctor McCarv. If you will, I'll. Go, I got a question I want to ask him about. Go ahead. I'm sorry. All right, Doctor McCarv. I got a question, uh, Mr. Rodriguez. Uh, this is Mr. Howard. I I I've read your case over two times, and I was intrigued by your. Um, your psychiatrist, Dr. Uh, Jethro Toner, psychiatrist. Let let me hear how you feel. What is your state of mind right now and how you feel about uh, your criminal justice system? I mean, I know you, what's your state of mind about where you are and and, and your hopes for uh, clemency? My state of mind uh,
1: regarding the circumstances no,
2: I'm, I'm not necessarily the circumstances. I'm well aware of the circumstances. You are well aware of them, but what I'm saying, what is your hope? What is uh, um, how hope? your mind is your mind still I strong hope. and focused? Yeah, yeah, I am focused. I um spent,
1: I, I, I focused hundred uh, percent. Um, my family and I and, and other um, uh, professionals are helping us, and we're we're fighting, and and it's already been six years. Um, oh, well, going on six years since since the arrest, and and um, I'm well. I'm I'm, I'm focused. As you know, I suffer from PTSD, but I don't I don't show um, um, any effects or any mental uh, incapacities due to it.
2: Okay. Tell us about your family. Talk about your family, your wife, your children. Um, how helpful is that for uh, encouraging you and uh, keeping you going in this uh, trial that you're going through?
1: Oh, uh, it's it's been it's been humbling, and uh, and um, my parents are still married. My my yeah, like I mentioned earlier, my we lost our only my only brother, the only other son, and um, and. Um, they're incredible parents, and very supportive. Uh, my dad, uh, which has met with uh, Dr. McCorvey, um, uh, is uh, the, uh, the support system for both my mother and I. You. And, uh, we've been uh, dealing with all kinds of uh, tragedies and adversity. Um, my mom uh, is has a stage four stage four cancer and um she's going through her um her uh, chemo her and uh, she's she's doing fairly well we spoke we speak every day my dad also is um you know they're older they're uh, uh, going to late 70s and um it's they've been a real blessing to me and um uh, and, and um uh, great parents as my wife um as for her and I, um, we have um, est- open, we have estranged um, uh, not, not because of love loss, but rather because this situation becomes very unbearable and unfair um, to her as a woman, a young woman, and to myself. So, I it's out of a uh, selfless act that uh, we parted. And it's just very unfair, and I could never have asked her to, um, to wait 30 years, irregardless um, of how much we loved each other.
2: Okay, thank you. Um, Dr. McCorvey, your people are back in place now?
0: Yes, sir. We do have a few people that uh, can come on. And, and, and basically this morning, uh, Brother Howard, we want to talk about Uh, the unfairness and justice of our system and how they're treating uh, Mr. Dan Rodriguez in in this situation. Uh, With all unfairness, uh, he's um, being charged uh, with uh, a charge of synthetic, not real marijuana, synthetic marijuana, and given 33 years where most of the people that uh, even in his situation is at home with their family. And he's serving 33 years of federal time. So that's what we're talking about. just injustice this morning, leading up to Juneteenth, I don't think we could have had a better subject matter uh, situation on the air because uh, we celebrate freedom. But we, do we realize how uh, this has affected our society when it comes to injustice and uh, our system ne- needing criminal justice reform? You know, so that that's what we are. And we, we're so proud this morning to have, Mr. Danny Rodriguez on the line with us to talk about uh, the, the injustice. So we are. Uh, I got a comment. You... This is Herman Laverne Jones, uh, yes, board member. What is the normal for synthetic marijuana? What has been the normal uh, l- leniency on that particular drug in terms of if you could get caught with it um, in in the state that you got caught with it in? What would be the leniency uh, now? What would be the sentencing now?
1: All right, well, the, the, the sentence seems—I I believe that it has not changed uh, since my arrest. As far as in the state, um, I am a, in federal custody. My case was tried in the feds, and uh, the only reason they were able to criminalize it was um, due to uh, a statute called the Analog Act, which. which uh, the Supreme Court says it's unconstitutional, but no one has brought it to them. So this this, this analog act um, allows yeah. the government to prosecute uh, synthetic marijuana cases so long as they're not open. They, they mimic the effects of a of a scheduled drug. So under the analog act, um, they're treating uh, synthetic marijuana at a ratio of one sixty-seven to one. So, in other words, one gram of marijuana, one, I mean, I'm sorry, one gram of synthetic marijuana equals uh, 167 grams of regular marijuana. And this scale draconian, uh, uh, I mean, it's been proven, and, and there's been scholars and doctors and, and professionals that have testified that, that, that the ratio is absurd. But, but at any rate, uh, generally, for synthetic marijuana cases, um, it's uh, sanctioned by uh, probation.
0: Okay, what what does that mean, sanctioned by probation?
1: Oh, well, sentenced. Uh, generally, like, let's just use my case, for example, there was, um, uh, I'm not sure, there was about 11 co-defendants, code and they all received one or two years or probation or, or time served. So um, unless you have a real serious case of marijuana, like trafficking, tons of it throughout the United States, then then I think that the government will um, send like the, Like I mentioned with Rodney Naomi, he received 20 years for tons of uh, this synthetic marijuana.
0: How much did you
1: have? I had, actually, I had nothing, but I was, uh, a, a meaning I didn't get caught with anything in my person. Uh, what we did have was uh, grams, accused grams. But remember, they multiply the grams by 167, to one. Uh, the sentence that I was looking at was five years. What, what, according to the
3: sentencing guideline structure, how can they sentence you to five years and the, they don't even have no proof? Well What's that you in your possession? Then also, also let me just pick back off this real quick. You know, different states fluctuate different ways. And normally, I've seen in the past, I never dealt with it. But synthetic marijuana was actually put in tobacco stores and stuff like that. It was brought over here. It's kind of like fentanyl. They did a thing on drug, and the dude said, hey, this is bullshit. In, in, in um china but they love it in the u.s so they put it in like, these tobacco markets which we know these indians and iranians are running the tobacco markets but you as a black or a spanish male brown male or however they, they rate us we get caught with it then they're going to give us a criminal offense with it but at the end of the day we've had kids you know other people sprayed other things on it and it took them out you know what i'm saying even they was targeting kids That's how we got to flip back at the government because when they first came out with it, they was targeting kids with cartoon packs, Scooby Doo, and Space Cadet, and all this and that. So the thing is, that's how you flip the bag back on the courts when they charge you with something like that. Say, hey, look what it is. The FDA put this out here. Okay, Uh, how's it coming through the pipeline? How's it been smuggled over here? How's it in all tobacco stores? Okay. Uh, um, yeah, and now man. you now you legalize the marijuana, and now you we, want to be a criminal. We
1: we, we 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 raised some issues because this product was actually bought at head right. shops. I, although right. I didn't buy it, yeah. the guy the guy that was buying it, um, which is one of my codependent, he yeah. um, he bought it in head shops, and so it, it wasn't over the counter. That's why I always right. say over the counter synthetic marijuana. You're correct. They were targeting. Um, Kid-friendly
3: packages. They were were trying to join the kids, and you know, at a young age, like now, everything's doing vape pens and stuff like that. You know, CBD oils and all that. So the thing is, it's like, hey, I ain't gotta light up a cigarette no more. I can go to this vape shop, which head shop, whatever you want to call it, and they're gonna sell it to me regardless. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And they'll put the most in the hood. They dressed it it up as popery. Yeah, probably, exactly.
3: That's basically what it is. Yeah, that's all incense. Basically, that's all it is. <laughs> right.
1: That's how I used to frame it. <laughs> right, right. But, you, right. Know, but the, you know, the crazy part about it is that they didn't sell it, they only sold it in minority neighborhoods.
3: That's what I just said. That's what I said. They only put it in their minority neighborhoods at the end of yeah. the day because they only target black and brown people. Okay. Exactly. Let's skip. I'm not, not going to skip what you're saying. I'm, I'm going to speak on my behalf. You know, we're talking about you know criminal defense and stuff like that uh the police is basically uh crooked out here in the street on december the 16th 2021 i was at sunny brooks tavern in Oxon hill maryland i went in to have a drink i was approached by a white male probably roughly 350 pounds he walked up to me and said hey eat the rest of these onion rings nigga and he threw the onion rings in my face so I got up out of my bar, show. I wasn't drunk. I just walked in. I hadn't been in there approximately probably 10 minutes. I ordered a Long Island and a Heineken. So when he threw the onion rings in my face, it took me from zero to 100. Because now, you know, you disrespecting me. You don't know me. They called me out of my name. And so I'm glad I didn't walk him outside because I, my, my thing was I'm about to really rough him up and do something bad to him. Right. Luckily, I ain't have my gun on me or nothing like that, but I always keep a knife on me. So when he walked up to me, I grabbed him by his collar. And someone said, go outside and and scrap me. I'm like, nah, you know what I mean? But he was over the limit. He was four times the legal limit. Come to find out, he was a Charles County Sheriff. You know, him, his father, and his brother was there. They had been drinking since 10 o'clock that morning. Uh, When his brother and his father joined in, I felt like it wasn't a fair fight. So I stabbed him. I stabbed him. He pulled out a... He pulled out a nine millimeter pistol on me in the bar. So I picked up a bar stool to distract him. We got 911 calls where women was calling and said, Hey, we need the police out here. This is Prince George's County emergency. His brother said, "Call 911 and said, Hey, this we are Sunny Sunnybrook's Tavern. My brother's been stabbed by a black man. Y'all better get the police out here right now. We're gonna kill this black motherfucker. This is right before everything was going on with George, Florida and all this and that. Right. I'm in a public bar, minding my business. You know what I mean? This bar is not zip say black, white, whites only. It's, it's open to everybody. So <clears throat> I went in the kitchen because there was a lady who said, hey, I think he's coming in here. So <clears throat> I had my knife. When I just stabbed him with and the lady was cutting up potatoes, I, I took the knife from her butcher knife. So that she said he's coming through the door. I said if he comes through the door behind the door, I'm playing through his neck this time with his chest. But he never came through the door. So when the ambulance got there, I went out the back, ran over to the Shell gas station. There was a dude identified me to the police, said he ran the gas station. The police finally came over there. They came to the gas station, roughed me up, threw me me up against the gas pumps, and they said, yo, you're under arrest. I'm like, under arrest for what? Because I'm going to play stupid with them, just like they were playing stupid with me. They took me to a precinct. I sat in the precinct from 9.30 that night to 6 o'clock the next morning. They took me to DOC in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. And at that time, you know, they charged me with a First degree assault and second degree assault on a uh, on a police officer. He's up in the hospital. His brother takes the gun off the crime scene. Go take the gun and put the gun in the car. Later on, the police come and investigate his car. They came to me in the holding cell. They said, do you know this guy? I said, I never knew seeing this do a day in my life. They said, well, what, what's triggered an altercation? I said, he threw onion rings in my face. They said, oh, you want to give a statement, written statement? I said, why did I need to give you a written statement? when we have surveillance in the bar, you guys go pull the surveillance camera, then come back and talk to you. Because I was in fear for my life. I'm thinking, hey, they might try to kill me or whatever, this and the third, because, you know, I didn't attack one of their own. So when they hit the man down button, there was no black officers out there. It was only Spanish and white. And they treated me like shit. So they locked me up. I stayed in jail for approximately 30 days. man. I missed Christmas, New Year's with my family. I got kids. I'm a father of four. So now they went to the car, exempt from that. They found a gun with a bloody handprint on it, which was appeared to be Robert Ryan Smith, a Charles County racist cop. This is not his first time doing this. He, he targets bars, goes in places and starts stuff with black people. So based on the medical examiner we had, cause I was preparing for trial. This is, Oh, well, Prince George County is offering you a plea. The DA said, look, based on your past record, which I'm a three-time convicted felon, never had no felons in this area. But I went in when I was 17 and stayed in North Carolina. I didn't come home when I was 23. I moved to Merrill, to D.C. to make a better life for myself. And I came here and did that. I didn't work with the federal government. I didn't drove dump truck for Alton County. I didn't drove semis, 18-wheelers, all up and down the East Coast. So I'm a hard-working black man, but I don't want nobody to take my kindness for weak." And I don't want nobody disrespecting me because I don't go around advocating disrespect. So they went in the car, the cruiser, when it appeared to be a police cruiser, he had large amounts of cash and what baggage would appear to be marijuana. I sat in jail for 30 days once again. I went before a judge and the DA read the charges. And this is a week before Christmas, two days before Christmas. And, you know, the court shut down. They don't flare back up to them after the new year. Right. And the DA read the charges. She says, Oh no bond. I sat in the jail for thirty days, man, watching dudes, little really young kids, quick young young guys play around. This is real life, man. I got a family to feed, kids to take care of. So when they let me out on January sixteenth, I, I went for a bond hearing. My bond was seven grand. So I had to pay seven hundred to get out. When I got out it was snow everywhere. They said, Oh, you, you you catch an Uber or the Metro bus. I left there walking. I called one of my best friends. He came and got me. He said, Listen, I've been trying to get in touch with you, man. Where was you at? I said, I was in jail. I said, this racist cracker came and threw onions in my face. I filed charges on him. Do you know that this day he's still on the fucking force? Did they, did they,
1: how did they, the charges you filed, what happened
3: with that? Well, check, well, check, check to happen. I went back to work after I was released. One day, you know, I'm going through all these motion hearings and all this and that. They offered me a plea of nine years. I said, no, line the box up. I'm not going to prison. Back to prison. I done did that when I was young. So now it's gonna cost the PZ County to go to trial with this case. So I told him. I contacted this lawyer the day I was walking out. He came to see me named John McKenna. He said, "Listen, DeWitt, if they indict you, you're looking at uh for me to take your case. You're looking at forty grand." I said, "Dude, I don't have that kind of money." He said, "Well, good luck to you in your case, and um uh, I don't know what to tell you." So I went went to uh, file the motion. Said I need court a court-appointed attorney. I told judge. I said, listen, man, I'm in a a bad situation right now. I said, here it is. My life is on the line against a drunk officer that was in a bar. I said, I shouldn't even have never been locked up. He should have been locked up because guess what? When he pulled out that gun that night, he endangered everybody's life that was in that bar. So, I filed charges on him. His higher up, which is Troy Berry, another, well, he's a brother, but guess what? He's advocating for this racist cracker. And he came to PG and had them to squash the charges on him under the table. He was never arraigned, or none of that. So one day I got to work after going through motion here. So it took them eight months to produce the video of what happened that particular night. They was trying to crop the video. They was trying to make me look like the aggressive. We aired last year on Juneteenth. Um, air, um, excuse me. Uh, this news anchor, Tracy Watkins, she came out that night that the incident happened. She said, Mr. DeWitt, They label you as the aggressive. She said, that's the reason why we left out. We didn't know what was going on. So when they aired it out, they said, hey, we brought it back to the media. They said, you know, this medical examiner said he was four times legal limit. He told the medical examiner, based on the large amounts of car- um, alcohol he had consumed, he don't even recall what happened that night. But it's on surveillance
1: though.
3: So I had two of the best best court opponent attorneys out of, of Marlboro, which is Chris Stewart and Allison Heritage. Allison Heritage is a white female. She said, Mr. DeWitt, she said, before I go on maternity leave, she said, you won't be going to trial. I said, is that a guarantee? She said, my father was a judge in Upper Marlboro for 25 years. Now, this is a white woman telling me this, and a white male. I got off work one day. She said, Mr. DeWitt, what are you doing? Are you driving? You going to, up here in the city. We ride the metro. I said, no, I'm walking off the job site. She said, stop for a minute. She says, uh, they just called me. And uh, PG don't want to go to trial. They dropped off the charges. Wow. Yeah. So he, here it is. Now I'm struggling to go to court and get this civil suit done, which I got Dr. McCorvey helping me. But the thing is, it's been far too long. And the thing is, well, it's been far too long. It's the thing is, if I would have pulled out a gun that night, I wouldn't be on the phone with you guys. I'd probably be somebody's potential. And, and let me tell you,
1: if you were another black man you would have probably been in prison anyways because you would have took the plea. And one of the biggest problems in the system is that they trick poor people, minorities, into pleading guilty.
3: Well, exactly. uh, that's, well, well yeah. I'm going to say this. Not only minorities, they trick people that has no knowledge of the law. I'm going to tell you what Farrakhan said 30 years ago. He said the reason why they fuck them in the court of law because they don't know the law. We're that's right. You know what I'm saying? And this yeah, is the he, law Farrakhan, Minister Lewis Farrakhan, that has stood right. through everything. So it's not about minority, this and the third. It's the minority that don't educate themselves, whether you're black, brown, or what have you. If you don't educate, you can be white and take a yeah. plea. Plea 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 is not racist. It's just the fact that a person that goes into a system and don't know because they put all their faith in this Jewish lawyer. Of this white lawyer, oh, my lawyer's gonna charge me 50 grand. Oh, that's 50 grand, guess what? I can fly up win the window real quick. You still can end up doing 20, 30 years. Yeah,
1: listen, I, and, and listen, and, and I agree that that many of us are uninformed, but the problem is that out of 200 people in prison, 198 don't know squat about the law. Some of us can't even read.
3: Same thing I just said. Same thing I said. They're illiterate to the the fact. And that's the thing. We can't sit here and keep crying about somebody illiterate to the fact. It's like a person that's homeless. They all had a chance. We don't know the different cars that's going to be dealt to us in life. The thing is, we just got to know how to hold and know how to fold. That's what it all boils down to. Guess what? The system is already designed to take us down. Michael Jordan. Guess what? I'm from North Carolina. I don't support Michael Jordan. Guess what Michael Jordan does? He put 300, 400 shoes out here. For the minorities to go out here and buy them, or struggle to get them to rob, kill for them, and guess what? He takes the money and invests it back in prisons. Cause you out here busting your ass to get his shoes, your idol works for Michael Jordan when he don't give two <laughs> fucks about you. Right. Well, you know
1: what? My, brother, mother, I, I, I my, mother, know
3: my mother, my mother, my mother worked. My mother lives 20 minutes from Michael Jordan's father's hometown, which is James Ray Jordan. I knew Michael Jordan half brother personally. He got killed in the car accident. You think Michael Jordan came to the No, I was at Michael Jordan dad's funeral when I was 14 years old because we was idol worship. We didn't know no better. B.J. Armstrong, Dean Smith, Michael Jordan. His own mother pulled up her own private limo for his dad's funeral. My cousin, mom is buried two two graves over from his dad. It's a small town, man. Right. So right. That's the thing. If we don't educate our kids like now, we send our kids to school with Michael Jordan and, and all these. Fancy shoes or bronze on. Guess what? Shaquille O'Neal said years ago. He said, "I put my shoes in Kmart. I don't want my brothers killing each other with my shoes." But Michael Jordan don't care about that. Only thing he sees is dollar side. Michael Jordan has never paid for a funeral, and kids been killed by him over his sneakers, and he won't. When Black Lives Matter was going on, guess what? Michael Jordan was supporting Blue Lives Matter. Hmm. You have to be yeah. conscious of what's really going on out here in society. This this is a balance being. This balance right. being always been in favor to destroy and tear down the minorities, the black and the brown man. It's only beneficial to the Caucasians because that's what they've stolen from us for so long. And a lot of us over here, whether you're Spanish, whether you're Ethiopian, whether you're motherfucking Cambodian, whether you're Vietnamese, they love to gravitate around these fucking Europeans. And the Europeans don't give two fucks about it.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Thank,
0: thank you, uh, uh, Brother Chris. I appreciate that, Brother Chris, uh, live from D.C. Uh, we want to thank you all this morning for being on the air with us. Uh, we, we're uh, thanking everyone for all the comments that were said. We want to uh, bring back into focus uh, uh, the injustice, and that's what we're talking about this morning, injustice in America. You know, we have so much that's roaming the streets with injustice in America, you know, and now it's high time because of everything that's going on in our country. Uh, Mr. Daniel Rodriguez's case is just one of several cases uh, that's being uh, treated with injustice. Uh, we come to this morning uh, pleading for the, the, the freedom and the uh, legacy of Mr. Daniel Rodriguez, uh, people of color, uh, that can bring uh, justice back into our homeland. Okay, so so uh, my plea this morning, Mr. Rodriguez, uh, 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 tell me this right here: within the uh, saga of you being sentenced to 33 years, uh, has have, uh, you, you have already served six of those uh, 33 years. Is it? Do you see that? Uh, what we what we're fighting for is that petition to get signed by our congressman and by our, uh, the president, the sign, uh, for, uh, the pardon, because we know right now that that synthetic drug was not a real drug and you shouldn't be sitting in federal prison.
1: Correct. You know, I mean, they made it federal by some draconian law statute, uh, which is the analog act. But, um, so not discounting whether it's illegal or not illegal I think that the biggest issue is that it's just not right that you give a man uh, so many years of death sentence I'm 52 years old uh, uh, 51 years old and and it's a death sentence to give me 33 years for for a nonviolent um, uh, synthetic marijuana case and I think that that's the gist of it um, and uh, and we just hope that uh, the president uh, uh he, you know there's a there's a there's a camera I mean, I Harris presented something to try to legalize marijuana and and this synthetic uh marijuana falls within the guidelines of that uh legalization so uh, uh, if if she does uh legalize or the president does legalize marijuana probably uh, then uh, at a federal level and that, and that would also help me. Um, so um, we're hopeful for things to come.
0: Awesome. awesome, Mr. Freddie, how are you still there, sir?
2: I'm still here, Dr. McCorvey.
0: Um, awesome. And uh, we just heard the testimony from uh, Mr. Uh, Rodriguez and all the things that's going on with him within the system and uh, uh, how unjust this sentencing was, you know, and that's what we're fighting. Uh, uh, Just left uh, the uh, Senate about four weeks ago fighting uh, uh, criminal justice reform in the Senate. And one of the things that we uh, point out to the Senate is that we have to stop with all these illegal sentencing and uh, illegal tactics by the system uh, to just to keep somebody, hold somebody in, in jail or in prison. You know, uh, the the mythology that our country used for, uh, let, let me give you a good example. Uh, what happened is we have turned our system into a money market account. You know, and that money market account is built off of how many people can I arrest this month? How many people can I throw in jail this week? How many people can I, I hold without a bond uh, this year? You know, and it's, that money market system that's built in America, built right here in America, we, we, uh, it's on the Dow Jones Industrial. One of the biggest things on the Dow Jones Industrial is our prison system. So so we have it created a madness within our system that uh, uh, if, if Susie, uh, white Susie, is driving down the street and she gets a, a, a speeding ticket. Uh, she might get a speeding ticket because of the color of her skin. She might not get a speeding a ticket. Uh, she might get locked up because she's driving without license. She might not, based on the color of her skin. That's the country that we're living in now. That's the world that we're living in now. So, so these are just some of the issues. And Mr. Danny Rodriguez's case is just one of the thousands that's being held up uh, in prison, federal prison. You know, for, for just something as simple as what he just told us, I'm asking, I'm pleading to the National Association of Black Defenders that we take a stand today to fight against the ills of of, of our system and the harm and danger that our system is causing. This, this is just this one that we're fighting for. <laughs> Excuse me. So we're on point, and, and uh, Mr. Uh, Howard, I'm going to bring you back in now, but I wanted to make that uh, clear, that uh, uh, justice is not justice of where we live, and that we need to understand that, you know, that we, we, we're we roaming the streets with injustice every day, you know, and uh, don't take your freedom for, for granted, because uh, we have, as long as we live in an unjust system, and as long as as, as men like Mr. Rodriguez is locked up and given the type of unfair sentencing that he was given we're not living in a free country
2: all right all right dr mccorvey uh mr rodriguez uh i listened uh, with uh open ears to the comments were made by uh, brother chris and his uh situation and what was going on with him um i was very much uh drawn to the fact that um there are so many people in this country Regardless of what color they are, uh, Doctor McCarvey, your sound is okay. Doctor M- McCarvey, Doctor McCarvey,
0: I'm here. Uh-huh. Yeah,
2: the sound is keep interfering uh, is that your your mic? Uh... uh,
0: I'm on mute. I'm on mute when I'm not talking, so there's no noise here. Okay. Uh, probably anyone that has your phone on, please mute your phones. If you're on the air with us, please
2: mute your phone. You mute your phone when somebody else is talking. But my question to um, Mr. Rodriguez, who's in, in prison now, and uh, so far is from your experience, uh, what have can you offer to the general public? Uh, and the problem is that people being unaware of the quagmire, the legal system, and when they get caught up in it, it's just like in something you can't get aloof from and they're being illiterate and not knowing what to do, the justice system uses all of that, as, as we well know. From your perspective, um, Mr. Rodriguez, that had been through it and is in it now, um, what would you suggest to the general public, say for like NAB or us, to give to the media, to talk to communities and to churches and other folks, to let young folks of all colors know that, where they are headed when they are doing things that are wrong, and I, I I listened to, and I'll be through in just a minute. I listened to the gentleman that was asking you, brother Chris, about what um what uh facts did they have in regards to you and synthetic marijuana? They had the case of 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 where you and uh, and another fellow was uh getting stuff in the prison, but the thing about that is this, those things have been dealt with and you have changed from that and you are incarcerated for 33 years for synthetic possession where can you tell people that are listening to us right now how do we begin other than at the house with young boys and girls and and women to change this this cycle of of, uh, uh, criminalization
1: I think uh, thank you sir great question I mean I, I the only thing that I could probably say to somebody is um, think about it and don't do it because this system is rigged. And uh, whether uh, you know the law or don't know the law, the law is against you. There's no way around it. I agree in part with what that other gentleman said, but there's more to it. It's deeper than that because there's, I'm knowledgeable the law and I still got caught up in it again so um, there's people here that know the law and and even if we know the law, I mean lawyers go to school for five six seven years to be lawyers uh, I don't know how much law can we know unless we're lawyers unless we study to be lawyers but the truth is 90% of us are not studying to be lawyers don't know the statutes the complications of the sentencing guidelines I fired my lawyers and, and and tried to defend myself at the end when I saw that I was getting railroaded, and it's it's not easy. So the system is rigged. They're going to turn your co-defendant against you. They're going to bring you with a million years, and you're going to lose. And a lot of men and gangs think believe that their brother will not turn on them. They're going to turn on you. Mm. They're all over the place here. Mm. All the gangs, Blood, Crips, G.D.s, whatever they are, they're here because one of their gang member brothers told on them. Mm. So my advice is, mm. um, get away from all that because there's no real loyalty there. At least not when the going is good. There's a plenty of loyalty, plenty of love, but when them folks put the handcuffs on you, all that goes out the window. So there's really no cure for it because the system doesn't help us. It's not like the system recognizes, all right, this is a brother, he's got no money, let's give him a good attorney, let's be fair, let's not lie to him. No, but here they'll lie, they'll make you plead guilty. And 90% of the cases, um, men plead guilty, and perhaps they're not guilty. Perhaps they have some culpability, but not guilty of the crime they actually plead guilty to. And I'll use my co-defendant. for for example her name is Lucia Mendez she was completely innocent of this crime I wrote the judge a letter wrote an affidavit told asked the judge not to convict this woman not to threaten her with 40 years or 400 years I forgot what I think they threatened her with 400 years if she didn't cooperate against me I told Mrs. Mendez do whatever you gotta do I'm okay I know you're innocent And I'm going to tell the judge, I told the judge, Your Honor, this lady's innocent. She's never been in trouble in her life. I ask you not to convict her based on you trying to screw me over. The lady's innocent. At the end, this fear was so much that she pled guilty. Albeit they gave her five years probation. But the fact that she had a conviction bothered me. It bothers me to this day. And I argue with the judge and ask the judge not to do it. They did it anyways. So, yeah, there's no fair system here, and there's no remedy to um, for minorities or, or, or our brothers and sisters. The best way is to uh, find another path, find yourself, find God, and, um, and um, stay close to your family, because uh, your family is the only one that's going to take your call when you're in prison everybody else will come and go so uh, thank you for the question but uh my advice is to um, stay close to home and stay close to god i
2: i, I love that. i love that son. That's, that's 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 right on time i i think another thing is that me i'm um 76 years old and uh i spent time in prison not as a um inmate, but as a security officer, I I was at Holman Prison for 29 years, and most of that time was spent in, uh, I worked in a variety of jobs, but most of that time was spent in the death row section, and uh, so I had two departments that I was uh, uh, operating, the department where for mental uh, people that had mental problems in prison, on my my right-hand side and on my left-hand side. Uh, where I controlled the uh, the side where the death row inmates were. And right. the thing that I am troubled by, and I'm still troubled by now, is that, like that question I asked you, parents now and parents in the past, we try to guide our children, just like your parents tried to guide you into whatever situations that were going on, but you still were able to get involved in it. But the thing that is most troubling is that it's not always about race. It's not always about the white man or the black man or somebody trying to do something to me. Mr. Rodriguez, and I want to ask you this question from a perspective of somebody that has been in there. And 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 when I was coming up, I did a lot of stuff. And then common knowledge among my youngster friends and other folks in the neighborhood was, guess what? Freddie, I was going to end up in prison. I did end up in prison, Mr. Rodriguez, but God seemed fit that I was a security officer. What and how can we continue to get people to know? Sometimes it is not about always the other person; it's you. And you, you, agreed.
1: you, and I agree. You I agree, hit agree, it you dead agree.
2: on the head. Go ahead, I agree, sir.
1: I agree with you. It's accountability. And, and, and you know, listen, I come from a great family. And uh, my dad has been a strict disciplinarian all my life. And my mother as well. And I've been blessed with them. And, and they never deserved all the heartache that I put them through just being um, defiant. And I blame it on my education. And, and I, I mean, I had a, a difficult time in school with um, being dyslexic and learning disabilities, but it's all accountability. I mean, I, when I caught this case, I was an adult, I knew better, and and I just thought it wasn't a crime. I thought it wasn't, I, I knew it was illegal, but I never imagined that I was gonna get a death sentence. But you're right, sir, it's, it's sometimes it's not about the race, it's not about, uh, gender, it's about accountability in our own actions and our own mistakes that, that, that brought us to these um, dire situations. Mm-hmm.
2: And I, what, I, what I like about your situation is that you see, you see now, I don't know uh, the results of the clemency plea and what will be the results of it, but the test is going to begin when you walk out of that door when you walk back in, into the arms of your wife and your family and your mother and your father and in their presence, the test is going to be Mr. Rodriguez. And I'm, I'm speaking from the perspective of being uh, 29 years in criminal justice as a security officer. I'm speaking from the perspective of being a deacon and the head of my, uh, under under my pastor as the next in charge to do what is need to be done in the church. I'm speaking for as a community person that runs a radio station and and runs a garden and teach every day out at the school, teaching kids about gardening and farming and raising their food and they don't have to go out and store. I'm coming from that perspective. I'm coming from a perspective of a young man that could have been in prison himself. You see what I'm getting at? Only because of God. My question again to you is when you walk back into the arms of your family, how strong are you to battle, to hold a line that you won't slip back over again? How you, how you?
1: Uh, they, you know, it's, they beat it into me. <laughs> they beat it into me, I swear. But you know, it's, um, and God bless you, sir, for your service and, and for what you present to our community. Um, I, I, I'm a different person. I have found God. I, I try to mentor young men in prison, and um, and I, I I'm I'm hopeful when I'm released I got a lot of opportunities um, with our community and and um, I've spoken to other um, young men that, that are coming up the wrong way and and have participated in other programs like Scare Straight, and uh, I I. I I know me and, and I know that I've made mistakes and I've recognized them and um I'm just anxious for another opportunity.
2: Oh man, that's great. That's great. I I, hey, I sir, Go ahead. I'm sorry. But, go ahead.
1: No, no. The the officer's telling me that, that that um the time my time is up. So, um perhaps we could do this again uh um but for now I think we got to go.
2: Son, I thank you, son. I love it. You, thank, you completed the whole the line song.
1: Thank you, sir. And God bless all of you, um, Mr. McCorvey and, and, and Freddie. Thank you, guys, and, and for everybody listening. Okay. God bless you, and, and we'll talk again soon.
2: Okay. Thank you, sir. You say, brother. Peace. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Doctor McCorvey? Yes, sir. That's awesome, son. That's um, this needs to be in the in the. In the president's ear, yes, sir. I I, um, I think, um, brother Chris, I, I, I asked some of those questions for the benefit of brother Chris, who I know who focused a lot on that. Perhaps it may be somebody else's fault more so than his, but it's all about him. Um, and I and I, I, I had to do what I do, I have to be. Well, I appreciate you. I have to be honest and I have to be spiritually there. And I thank you for the opportunity of doing this. And I, I, Yes, sir. I hope we'll be able to get this in the ears of the ones that are dealing with the clemency.
0: Amen, it will. I appreciate you so much, brother.
2: Okay, I, I'll, I'll, I'll close it out from my perspective. Um, I thank uh, Dr. McCorvey, the NAB Association. I thank uh, Dr. Rodriguez and his plight. And uh, we are in hope and then praying that uh, once he's back in the love arms of his family, that he will continue to walk upright as he would very much like to and, and where he's not being able to walk upright right now. Dr. McCarver, it's on you, sir.
0: Well, thank everyone, for listening this morning. and I want to thank you, Brother uh, Freddie Howard, for uh, being a, uh, an awesome host uh, for from Gospel and for the national association of black defenders uh we're working uh diligently uh not only for the freedom uh from prison but from the freedom of the things that hold us down and be set free and the words say uh, once you have accepted jesus christ as your savior you are free indeed amen amen, amen. so We heard a true confession this morning and we heard uh, a plight for freedom for all men and especially those of uh, us that's that's being held down uh, for injustice. Uh, And we want to continue our uh, uh, fight for uh, the clemency for Mr. Danny Rodriguez. And we want to continue to pray for him. We want to continue that he draw closer to God as he's doing and continue to do the right thing. And we believe, I trust and know that that paper will be signed by the president. I'm just believing God for that amen amen and again brother how we want to thank you for what you do with hopsey gospel radio and also for the national association of black defenders uh are there any other uh, and again i want to thank my my team for being on the on the line with us uh we had brother chris out of our uh, dc we had uh 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 brother herman jones from miami was on that with us we had uh, other board members, Chris, uh, Keith Elliott was on there with us, and uh, several various others that didn't say anything, but they was on the line listening. And we appreciate you for just being on the line listening this morning. It's the freedom it's the, that we fight for. It's the justice that we want. And it's the equality that we stand for with the National Association of Black Defenders. Uh, this coming week, we we celebrating Juneteenth on uh, Monday, Juneteenth, and we'll be at the Capitol. We'll be in Washington, D.C., celebrating at 2111 Decade Way at the Friends uh, Building there in Decade Way Street in Washington, D.C. If you go online to www.na-bd.org, you'll see the announcement. You'll see uh, where we'll be there in D.C. That's 2111 Decatur Way there in D.C. on this upcoming week. Uh, we have people from affordable housing there. We have people from prison reform there. We have different leaders from the community there. And we want to see your face in the place there on the Cataway in Washington, D.C. this upcoming Juneteenth. Come celebrate with us on this Juneteenth holiday. We're celebrating freedom. We're celebrating life right here at the National Association of Black Defenders. Brother Howard.
2: Dr. McCarvey, would you close us out with prayer, please?
0: Yes, sir. Father God, we come in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for what we have heard. We thank you, Lord, for the things that you're getting ready to do. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for Brother Daniel Rodriguez. Lord, that you're going to set the captive free, Lord. But Lord, you said that those that are, are in you are free indeed. Lord, we thank you for his confession of faith this morning that we heard. Lord, we pray that you continue to work with his heart and that he may be able to help others. To overcome, Lord. Father God, because you said in your word, it will lead not to our own understanding, but in all our ways to knowledge, you, and you will direct our path. Lord, I thank you for directing my path. I thank you for my freedom. I thank you for life right now, Jesus. Father God, I thank you for a radio station, Lord, and Brother Freddie Howard and House of Gospel, Lord. We, we thank you for, for them, Lord, for, for, Lord, he has been willing to with us down through the years and <clears throat> Lord we just want to say thank you Lord we thank you for those that's listening this morning on the, our weak voice Lord we, we thank you Lord that, that through the confession of faith and through our plight for justice that men will be saved hearts will be turned and life will be given Father God we thank you right now Lord for the NAB team we thank you Lord that we're still on the battlefield for you And everything that we do, God, we give you the glory. Not ourselves, Lord. But Lord, we give you the glory for it. Father God, continue to bless us in our plight for freedom, justice, and equality for all men. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. We will close, Dr. McCorvey, with, uh, if you won't mind, give the people their contact number where they can contact you for support of Mr. Rodriguez and his clemency
0: plea. All right. That is the National Association of Black Defenders. Our phone number is 202-674-6428. Again, that's 202-674-6428. You can call that number. We'll be willing to direct you and how to be support for Mr. Danny Rodriguez. Uh, we must get this petition signed for Mr. Danny Rodriguez. Thank you, already, Radio Land, and we wanna thank you again, Mr. Howard.
2: All right. Thank you, sir. God bless y'all and okay. take care. we we'll see you next time on House C Production Gospel for the NAB Association, dealing with the issue of criminal justice and any issues dealing with humanity. On behalf of all of us here at the National Association of Black Defenders and House C Internet Radio, we'll see you next time. God bless you.